What is up? Happy New Year. Happy 2020. This is a bonus? I'm not sure if it's a bonus, but not an episode of Difficult to Please. And in this episode, Erwin and I go through 10 things that influence our decade. Not like 10 things that we think influence like the whole culture, but 10 things uh, we believe changed us. Uh, it's a pretty interesting episode. Surprisingly, Erwin and I have some common ones, which I'm actually pretty genuinely shocked about. Anyways, uh, I want to give a special shout out to one of our friends, Omar. And I'm not going to say much, but this episode's for you, man. Rest in peace. Hey, welcome to episode 24, the bonus episode of the Difficult to Please podcast. Would it be a bonus, even though you said it's 24? Or maybe we could say it's just the bonus episode, un- unnumbered. It's like the Kendrick Lamar mixtapes. He just did it okay, untitled. It's just, just a mixtape. It's basically just a mixtape um, episode. Okay. Special episode back in San Diego for a quick week yeah. and headed back to Portland. I actually see Erwin in front of me this time. This is this is a real life in person podcast uh, recorded the Monday before Christmas. Um, so this is this is different, but it's also the same. Yeah, the only difference is uh. We we fucking scrambled to get a microphone we, we, the last two hours. We had technical slash logistical issues. I didn't pack a microphone. And I uh, thought you bought a USB mic. Yeah, so all I, <laughs> so so we're just recording like um, last minute. Uh, JV's homie came through, and we have a two mic setup. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I like it. Whatever, it works. <laughs> All right, so what's the topic today? What's the bonus episode about? This is the top 10 of 2009 to 2019, so top 10 of the decade. Right, because everyone's doing like the Yeah, this, this the is kind of our take, and we're able to talk about uh, the stuff we talk about, movies, video games, nerd culture, pop culture, um, tech. So this is just kind of everything. Um, and, and I guess there's like some personal moments here to to talk about too that help us kind of like define our decade or things right. that are stand out. So instead of saying like, oh, this is the 10 moments that like made like the whole decade, this is like 10 moments or 10 things that like shaped our decade yeah, like personally. for sure. And it's like, so like our top 10 is going to have an album, maybe a, a rather a music album, a movie or or just the moment, whatever event, moment, something, video game, whatever about like what happened in the last ten. Correct. So uh, let's just break it down. Top yeah. from ten to one. Let's do it. Oh, ten to one. I didn't order mine, but okay. <laughs> well, let's just think about it. Okay. Um, my my ten is Overwatch by Blizzard. Why? Um, just because I played a lot and oh shit, you actually play? I still play, but I'm not competitive. But I think as as a cultural marker is like that's one of besides Fortnite that's one of the few video games that have like an organized esports league um there's people who are playing it i mean blizzard 
makes these really addictive games uh, for different parts of like the countries of the world. So it's like first person shooter with I forgot the genre. It was like first person ability shooter or some shit like that. So right. it's like very like, like heroes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. not just like Call of Duty shoot 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 it's like right. okay strategize a little bit better and with the team the character the avatar is different there's a whole like synergy and kind of like there you, you have to play as a team or else you fail are you getting overwatch 2 by any chance uh possibly uh, I, interesting. I, I backed i said i was not going to get call of duty but i ended up getting call of duty so are you playing with the boys yeah Playing with the boys, Mary Mason okay. boys. I'll just randomly log on my PS4 and I'll see like, oh, Jordan Oliver <laughs> playing Call of Duty. I wonder who else is on that thing. And I guess mine, I'm gonna just my bottom ten with. I'm gonna start with New Orleans. New Orleans. For I forgot. For is it like someone's? Was it someone's bachelor party? No, someone's birthday. Someone's, it was Drew's birthday. No, it was mainly for Brandon. It was Brandon's <laughs> Brandon Drew's birthday, but it was mainly for Brandon. Brandon wanted to go, and then Drew was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, because I remember I didn't end up hanging out with you guys as much. I was with like, the older crowd in that one, the older no, Buddha no. crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why why New Orleans? Because I think New Orleans was what actually prepare, uh, propelled me into like the foodie scene. Like I was like okay with food, but I think it was after like that moment I started to appreciate like food culture more, and that like propelled me to eating like just trying out new foods, and that that, that like launched it for me like that was the thing that made me log on thrillists every day looked at different websites for like ooh new hot restaurants and stuff like that like i used to be really really about that like i think because of new orleans i ended up going to momofuku because before- that's interesting yeah that's like, really interesting yeah like when i went to new york the first time this is pre-new orleans like um getting a momofuku cookies was like kind of like a second i was like oh it's good i just it was never like my idea like the the plan but now after new orleans momofuku became like the destination yeah i mean i agree that new orleans is a very like i don't say creative it's a very like foods driven city like that's something you can experience and that's totally like that cuisine is very specific to louisiana to new orleans so it's like you there's not another place in the like u.s that has that kind of like the cajun spice influence yeah that was nuts like that like just opened my flavor palette to like new shit yeah because you were not really eating spicy food i wasn't eating spicy foods at all i was like yo talk about mild sauce is spicy to me and then just like base level ramen like that was like, you yeah. were getting spicy ramen now i can eat, eat like satan's kiss sauce from like for Rido's now or something yep yeah yeah all right so that's it next one number nine we're knocking this shit out uh i have amazon prime <laughs> as my god damn as a tech because, <laughs> it's actually a good one well because it's like um before like Amazon, like, I, I know I'm seeing it as on the macro level as well, just because and without Amazon Prime and having that two day free shipping, that just kind of changed the game for everybody. Right. Correct. Uh, it changed retail. And then it's just like on the on the, the impact on my personal level. Like, yeah, I'm doing a, a lot less. I mean, I'm still going to Target. I'm still going inside and kind of like doing my pickup of things. But there's like fewer things that I, you know, 
need to get from Target, or I've cut back on going to like Best Buy or like any electronic store because I'm like, oh, I just get it from fucking Amazon. Then we get my fucking iPhone cables from Amazon. That's true, and like you don't really. It's have- just small shit. Yeah, yeah, and like I guess you wouldn't really have to, if you didn't really need it that urgently. I guess you would just do Amazon because if you wanted to get it that urgent, you could just go there yourself. Yeah, interesting. Number nine. Mine is the Black Panther soundtrack from the soundtrack, not the movie itself. The soundtrack. Just the soundtrack. Yeah, I I think that was like because I'm trying to think like what last album like. What movie soundtrack like affected you, or no. just any sound like any album, anything that like affected me? And like all of them are like pre two thousand nine, like they're all two thousand eight or younger. Because it's like, oh shit! Like even like eight oh eight and heartbreak was like two thousand eight or yeah, something 2008, like that. 2009, yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah. So I was like, Barely. yeah. So the last album that I actually listened to like back to front consistently was the Black Panther soundtrack. I thought it was like one of the best like albums i heard because it was so creative yeah because kendrick lamar was <laughs> yeah that was and basically like, a kendrick lamar mixtape that he just threw a bunch of like his homies on and like no it was it was, it was a good nuts. it yeah, was, was a very a good soundtrack album i think when even when you watch black panther like when you start hearing those kind of beats and and the actual music being played in the movie you're like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you it, feel was it. Sick. it was sick yeah no definitely and like all the stars was like one of the best songs i've heard in all 2018 for sure I think that I think that that song "All the Stars" with SZA that that kind of like that I don't want to say like broke her career, but that got her more like more got a lot popular. Of attention. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, like, who is she? Yeah, yeah SZA. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Number seven. Number eight. You're number eight. No. <laughs> You're seven. What the fuck? I'm the one drinking, not you. No, you said seven. Yeah, I said, said seven. I'm number eight. Yeah. Ten. Ten was Overwatch. Nine was Prime. My eight. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm stupid. <laughs> I like, try to blame you. That was tight. Alright, what's your number eight? Number eight is uh uh Star Wars Rogue One. Fuck. Yeah, you're right. That was just okay. because like that movie was like the first uh, side only- story. No, it's not a side story, <laughs> just yeah. <kidding. laughs> but it was one of the first movies that was a Star Wars it, it, in the Star Wars universe, but it wasn't directly the Skywalker's. Yeah, um, and because it, when Disney bought the franchise uh, for the rights from George Lucas, there was always the talks of uh, in development of like um, they wanted to do a Seven Samurai type story. But for Star Wars, and I was like, oh shit, like I like, love how would that be? Yeah, yeah I love Kira Kira Star Wars uh, Seven Samurai. I was like, oh, how does that play out in the Star Wars universe? And then you have this kind of like it's not ne- it's not necessary to a T, uh, Seven Samurai, but it's still pretty, but it's yeah, it's the, the characters kind of resemble that like band of misfits trying to do this one thing, right? So, uh, I think that's. That storytelling was really innovative for the franchise because it was not, yeah, it was not about the Skywalkers. It was just about this one blip plot hole that was yeah. <laughs> that was missed in in Star Wars, the original Star Wars. So Correct. it's like, oh yeah, this this movie takes care of that one blip, and it's like, oh okay. And that movie also had a lot of references to the the Star Wars TV series, like the animated TV series. Yeah, the Clone Wars. Yeah, and and Rebels too, I think. Oh yeah, Rebels too. And in my opinion I think that's like the best of the new movies I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker oh, yet right. but I will okay. I, I will 
within the two weeks. Correct. Number eight, JV. Your number eight. <laughs> my number eight. Okay, so my number eight has to be traveling to Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. Wow. Is that what? Um. When was this? What year? I don't know, 2015, I think, something like that. Yeah, and that, and I, I went on a trip by myself, and I, I, mean, I told you stories about it. I had a yeah, Mr. Bob Harris, yeah, moment party with like random people. I got lost in like a city that didn't really speak English and stuff, and it was nuts. Like it, it changed. Like I guess it made me more independent. It made me less scared to take more risks and stuff like that. So that's why I really liked it. I mean. It made me like, yeah, I traveled to Korea by myself right after and whatnot. So yeah, it was it was sick. It was a it was a life changer and it propelled me, gave me self confidence. Well, because it's also like because you're like so into like gaming and anime, it's like just you and being like too. being fucking immersed into like the culture that right. kind of like you see. That's like, yeah. Like this is the the land of my uh, <laughs> my hobbies. And yeah, this is like yeah, and it's not like. Um, I mean, it's main. I don't want to say it's main. Yeah, it's mainstream. Like, there's, it's, it's, it's a different vibe versus here in the United States. Obviously, yeah, it's like very. It's a niche thing. It's niche and it's very limited. I agree. I definitely agree. All right, number my number seven. Uh, anime series Steins Gate. Oh, twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, JV put this uh on put me put me onto this, um, just because. The way that they scientifically talked about time and like time space and timelines, like that's the most accurate, like I think storytelling or rather uh, of approach of storytelling through time, uh, like uh, time travel. Right? I was so hyped on Steins Gate when it was like coming out. Yeah, it was it was really good because like there's things that that it addressed in a very like serious way and like like how would you go about changing a moment in your life but like you how 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 does that even be remotely possible yeah because they talked and they had like a lot of good references to uh, like past like like it's probably one of the better time traveling stories there was there. a lot of science in that like fact like a lot of facts and like they made references to the delorean on it too like it just gave a lot like it was really well researched and written and the story delivery was actually was like, really yeah, good definitely one of the one of the few smart animes right i guess i would say that's one of my top 10 so oh. is that is that your number seven or is that your uh... i'll say that's my number seven too <laughs> is that yeah. honorable mention <laughs> No, because I was really hyped on it. I was really, really big on it. So I'll say that's my number seven, too. So I guess let me do a six. <laughs> do a six, then. I I guess I'll say, have you ever heard of the game Bloodborne? No. It was a 2015 game, and I just recently played it. And I finished it, and it is, like, probably the best video game I've played just because it kind of... It was a super hard game. It's one of those games where, like, you die. Like, you're going to die in that game. And mm -hmm. you just have to keep retrying. But what fascinated me about Bloodborne is that, one, it was, like, in a Victorian era kind of thing. And it's about, mm -hmm. like, the, the whole game is about you trying to find, like, blood to, to cure you or something, right? Like, blood transfusions and stuff like that, right? Okay. So it had, like, a Dracula based. feel kind of okay. thing. But the game 
wouldn't tell you anything. It wasn't like from dialogue to dialogue. You kind of it was kind of like the original Zelda where you kind of had to figure everything out oh, on your shit, own. Yeah. And like in order for you to like piece the whole story together, you had to like talk to NPCs, do certain quests, like all the items gave like little stories to it. And it just like the whole narrative of Bloodborne like I would spend I spent probably all of like last month and this month like just listening and reading and researching all the lore and I'd never been so immersed in like a story so complex before <laughs> and it, like it really like inspired me in like my writing and stuff like that too fiction writing so it, was, it made a really big impact on me no that's it's interesting how you, it's not like a, like a popular title it's, it sounds like a niche title it yeah, but it did get it did get game of the year yeah. too. Yeah, and it's like it drew in not just like Japanese anime fans, it drew in like everybody, like a like a big Western. It, was, it did really well here. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's like one of the best video games in terms of story and gameplay I've ever I've ever had. Okay. Okay. Uh, number six is tied to my number seven. It's a. Uh, Interstellar, Christopher Nolan, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie was so no, sick. I think um, of the Nolan movies between 2009 to 2019. It was hard. It he really he made hard. some good movies. Um, but I, like Inception was good. But it didn't change anything. Well, like for me, I was like, man, that's like, did, like the thought process behind Inception was like, oh shit. Okay, okay. Right? But then, like, for Interstellar, it was... I actually talked about Interstellar for a really long time after was, the movie. It was, yeah, the, the space-time yeah. and time, uh, how, you know, theory of re- relativity and all that. It's just, like, what Inception laid... What he did with, like, Inception and uh, from his first movie, um, Memento. Yeah. When, when you bring... Like, his... Obviously, his... his uh, his motifs he works with is a lot of it's just time. It is time, yeah. It's yeah, time so it's like when you like when you apply that to something that's like tangible, like space time, you're like, oh shit, like. <laughs> and it's like it it's our like it's side a so lot. smart, yeah. Like, oh yeah. shit, like it's like uh, what's what's Sophie's choice? Okay. Like how you know how he has to like choose the fucking planet? It's like I gotta go to this planet, I got this planet. That's it. <laughs> That's all I have time for. And I go back home, and my I'm gonna die. Like shit, like that. It's just like the the movie was sick. Yeah, because like what? Like he's like, oh, we stayed here too long because like I thought you guys were lost or something. He's like, I'm old as fuck now. I'm like what the fuck? That was only like five minutes. Yeah, but that five minutes was like a, like, like ten a dec- years. Yeah, give it like you know? a decade like, to somebody. What? Dude, yeah, that's it. Oh man, like it was good. Like I really wanted to put Dark Knight on there, but Dark Knight was in two thousand eight. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. But yeah, like no, I would say that's pretty close for me too. Interstellar was really close for me. And I guess my your six? number five. My number you five. Just number six. Huh? Yeah, because you just did number six. Okay, so my number five movie is definitely gonna be Avengers Endgame. Oh, because something recent, huh? Something recent. It is something recent because it pulled in together the ten-year journey, yeah, of Marvel. It's it's like basically the the top ten list, but for <laughs> for Marvel movies for the last decade. Yeah, yeah. It, like for me, it it definitely because it was like a cultural moment too. Like everyone, everyone was so focused about like this is. This is the story, like right here, especially how Infinity War like yeah. played out, and you're just like, damn, Endgame is like 
this is like the farewell and thank you letter to like the whole 10 years kind of thing for marvel and i was like this is this movie's crazy like i thought it was way better than how game of thrones did it but yeah very in nice of, uh, in terms of uh media yeah adventures was good like i just didn't i there wasn't like one marvel movie that was like this is the marvel movie right, right. i don't know like i like spider-man yeah, the return but, but all so they're all good there's yeah but then yeah like the thing with endgame was like it it was the conclusion like it this is yeah, this it, is the it, it wrapped like, everything up for the last decade it makes, makes a lot of sense correct uh number five uh i have the bodega boys and slash desus and marrow <laughs> um i think listening to their podcast and watching their show on vice line and and in showtime it's like yeah like that's right they got on showtime, this is like for for me that was like the moment where like oh jv we can do a fucking podcast I, like we that was the moment where where i was like yo let's like let's do let's do another project let's just do the podcast or blog or whatever which just became the podcast <laughs> and it was like oh like we we're obviously not as funny or, or whatever but we are who we are yeah which is which I, I take a lot from that from that duo and trying to like incorporate the shit. Okay, cool. I'm gonna piggyback off that. Actually, one of mine is podcasting too. Podcasting. And I have see this is like I was using to say Vox or podcasting, but I think podcasting is more appropriate. So when you told me about it, I didn't know anything about podcasting. Like it was never on my radar. Like I didn't have Google Podcasts, no nothing. And it was like a. It was after our first season was when I finally started getting into podcasting. Mm-hmm. And then that led me to like Audible book or audio, audio yep. Yeah. Audio books. Like it got me into the news and it got me so when was Trump, when Trump's election happened, was that 2016? During, was that during our, when we started season one? Uh, yes. Okay. So that got me like all of that all happened at the same time and it really really got me into like social events and stuff like that i i've never paid any attention to the news like that much until we start doing podcasting plus like trump's election and it really really like put everything to perspective for me and uh like that's when i got into like ezra klein and like all those other like vox podcasts that like just made me like you know and they informed me of like like world events and stuff like that so i think for me it's made me a better person podcasting podcasting yeah being in front of the mic and listening to <laughs> i like listening to it i wish i was better at being in front of it but yeah like I, i'm trying to get better like this is trying to be loose I, that's i mean the growth our growth was like we, oh my we've god done, our first episode yeah it's it's we've got the growth it's is there yeah i can listen to our more recent episodes compared to our first ones yeah it from right now it's it's been more polished uh we also appreciate you all for sticking around oh hell yeah <laughs> our five listeners five listeners it's we like love Brangel, you Rona. <laughs> Brangel, what's up guys <laughs> some of my friends listen from every now and then um, um my number four uh i have frank ocean channel orange okay. from 2012 i think that because at that time when odd feature was around <laughs> like right as intact like that was the one kind of outlier 
project that was just like not the same. Correct. Yeah. Like and every, really you know, good. like Tyler Earl shit was very like misogynistic. It was very like violent. Dark. And, yeah. Yeah. It's very dark. Their shit was. What, what were they called? Like horrorcore or something? Yeah, yeah. That was like that was the vibe. But then you get like it Frank like Ocean. Ocean. He was like doing like soulful R&B type shit. And it was like, this is not the, this is not the same as... Like the rest of the odd future. Yeah, so the, for, for me, it was like, that was kind of like my intro to like odd future. Because I didn't fuck with odd future because I didn't like any of their music from the beginning. Like that shit didn't like connect with me. Right. And then like obviously like Tyler and Earl... And and Sid the Kid and Internet, they've had the like career change a lot of it, right? Oh, yeah, and he grew up too. And so it's like I now I listen to like you know uh, Tyler's uh, more like uh, recent projects, and they they I feel more connected to him artistically now than when he first came out with Odd Future. Yeah, just because angry kid back then. Just because Channel Orange was like that kind of like gateway, like oh yeah, this is this is not like. This is not like the OG art. <laughs> was um was Odd Feature one of those groups where it made you go like, man, this rap music's weird. Like yes. these kids are like these are, these are weird rapping kids kind of. Yeah, just because like it was it's not nineties. No, it's not just nineties. It's or just like 2000s. the way that they the the lyrics was just not like I was like what the fuck kind of moment. Like I don't. I don't really care for this shit. Right. Everyone was hyped about like you know the first time they uh, Tyler played at uh, on Jimmy Fallon, and I was like, I don't get it, but okay, like this is, I guess. And that was like, was like before, before the SoundCloud the rapper kind of thing, huh? Yeah, that that was right before. So it's just like rappers who wear Supreme, like the kids that like just live Skated. in LA and yeah. skate. Suburban. They were suburban kids too, right? They were suburban kids. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I can't say that for sure. Got it. All right, JV, you're number four. It's an anime, another one. Uh, it's called Shirobako. It's an anime about producing an anime. Oh, yeah. You you showed a few episodes of that to Dude, me. It, it's, it's very... <laughs> go ahead. It, it, it's, one of the, it's an anime about work, and it just like shows like... The, like the story follows an associate producer about her like meeting deadlines and stuff like that and like all the drama she goes with and like it's about her four friends who are trying to make it into the industry and like some of them like one of them was a waiter because she couldn't like get jobs and then like when she lands her first role like it's like it was like one of the few times i actually cried during an anime yeah so and it's about work and it's kind of like inspiring it's like dude like it's about people like even though like kind of spoiler alert, like they don't really achieve the four don't achieve their same dream together because they're still new into the industry and like that's their goal like like oh i mean we'll, we'll make our own anime someday but like you know like cheers to that like in the future kind of thing yeah it's a very like that anime was very um like, like Dave, really Dave, meta yeah, David Chang says this term called inside baseball. Like, it's like very inside baseball. What does that mean? It just means like it's very in the weeds and very like particular to the niche. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like I was like I I don't like the episode you showed showed me. I was like I was like oh like I I kind of get it just because it's about work, right? <laughs> and just like the the idea of meeting deadlines and the workflow of like. An art department trying to make a, an anime. It's like it's like that one move the that one movie that documented uh, uh Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. Yeah, that's like the same kind of vibe I got, but it's less about 
one person and more about just like the workflow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was nuts. Like it was definitely like a big inspiration to me. Yeah. All right, number uh, two, number three, or your three. Yeah, that's yeah, my three. three. Um, I want to say uh, Portland. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, that's that makes sense. Yeah, you did move up there. Prior to moving to Portland this year, we visited the Northwest two times before. Our first time, uh, we did Portland, Seattle, Vancouver in 2013. Um, and when we visited Portland, then we were just like, "This is the city. This is like a really cool city. Like it's." It just feels a lot like small town. It doesn't feel like it a felt big like ass city. Yeah. yeah, it felt like it felt like this is something we can do. And then like you know after because we did Portland first, and they drove up to Seattle, and we you know stayed in Seattle for a few days. And we're like, okay, like there's obviously a lot of rain between the two cities, but it just the big city of Seattle is like uh, it. That's when I started to like. Oh yeah, that's like this is Seattle's dope. I I like I, I love Seattle. It's just that 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 LA comparison I get in my brain is like the same. Okay, so it's like LA to Seattle, then Portland to what? San Diego, more like it. The uh, vibe. Okay. And then, then you know we went back to Portland. Uh, shit, I want to say like two years ago in 2017. So yeah, we're like. We were like, oh yeah, this is. I think Portland's like a really cool city, and we just kind of planted the seed to for us to like possibly be our next hometown. So we're like, oh yeah, and like those those trips and the the amount of like like I don't say future planning, but like the ideation of like living somewhere that wasn't San Diego was like, if there was a place that we can go and kind of like work and and actually raise a family like, oh yeah i think we can do this in portland interesting okay so you guys had just had that feeling like it's portland yeah more more and then like yeah it was more it was either the northwest or hawaii and it's like i'm not gonna work in hawaii i know i remember like a few years ago you guys were saying like, yeah we're thinking about moving to hawaii i'm like oh you guys are gonna move to hawaii then when you guys told, when you guys told me portland i was like oh shit they changed it okay. that's not how, yeah it's just it obviously it just was not in the cards just because like i i really wouldn't know what to work for on in for or on in Hawaii. I'm like shit the, just the job prospects weren't as high. Like, wedding's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> wedding's good <laughs> enough and being able to travel still for, on a flight. That's fine. Got it. All right, J V number three. Oh, you're on two. Okay, got you. Got you. Oh, mine's gonna be the iPhone four. iPhone four cracks the top two. <laughs> Cause that was like the first smartphone i ever bought too and for me it was like the best smartphone the iphone 4 was very solid design yeah the, it was beautiful it was like the greatest phone and like it was still small <laughs> like i could actually still use it with one hand and it did everything it really was like it was everything i wanted in a smartphone it was just like the browser the ipod <laughs> and the, <laughs> And that's it. Like, that's all I needed was a browser and iPod because, like, I was never one for apps. Even though I heard like the beer app was like the most downloaded app during that time, but yeah, that's time now. Do you remember that app? Uh, no, I don't. So it was like the app where it would fill up and you do this. Oh and shit! You drink yeah, it and it would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now I remember. That was the most downloaded app at that time. That was stupid. Yeah, it was so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, like the iPhone four was like perfect for me. Just. It did everything, man. It connected me to it. It made me realize that I am always on the internet now. That was that was when I knew. And I... 
Oh, that was that was that before your PS, uh, your Sony Xperia phone. Or is Correct. That yeah. So I have the iPhone four was actually my first smartphone, and then you bought, and I started going to Sony's Sony and stuff Xperia. like that. Yeah. Yep. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go bigger. Boom. And then it's, it's like, like the PSP out the pocket. Yeah, like, we, remember we remember that. We remember that. I'm like the type of person who barely uses his like smartphone. That's yeah. That's nuts in line. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, I have Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's I thought like, you were thinking about Good Kid, Mad City. I was, and honestly, like, I. When when it comes to his projects for the decade, I'm like, do I ha- I I have I felt something about like to pimp a butterfly when it first came out, and I just have that same. It was a huge narrative. That whole album was a yes. huge narrative. Yeah, that was like, like his storytelling of of his own kind of like trauma. I, 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 rather rather, because he does that a lot. Like he fictionalizes a lot with like good kitty, a good kid, Mad City, kind of like how like this narrative of like a day in a life. Right. But then like to pimp a butterfly, there's a lot of things that he discusses um, with this newfound celebrity or whatever, or like his 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 image and what it is now, mm-hmm. and then the just the hits off the like to pimp a butterfly even like yeah now that i think about like, it all right uh Kinkunta. yeah now that i think about it like a lot of the songs that i love album, myself Ooh. i like yeah i like actually more Ooh. songs from that album than I did on good kid med city for sure i could see that yeah just like yeah that was one of the f- f- few albums this decade that i can do front to back and i remember in that album too that uh he did a um like an interview with tupac Yes. You remember that album? Yes. That, that was like a sick. That was, that was like track. one of the, like the the last songs where it was like a hidden track. Yeah, that shit was. Like, that shit yeah. was tight. Was yeah, I remember that. All right, my number, number one. one. My number one is definitely Anime Expo. My first going to Anime Expo. What year was that? Fuck, it's probably been almost a decade. It has to be like 2010. Okay. Okay. I believe it's 2010. Yeah, it was when I actually had money for the first time. And I was like, I want to know what everyone's doing. I go up there. I'm not sure if I went with Rona and Brandon the first time. I re- or I went by myself. I think I went by myself. I think you soloed and then next year... Brand- yeah, then I think Brandon, Rona came with me. That I'm not sure if you went with me. No, I don't think you've ever I went. I went w- one year. I just you did. don't know which you did. one We year. went in that shoddy-ass hotel. I remember now. It was like us three in like one shoddy-ass bed. I remember that now. Yeah, because we we only had the one day pass. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, I remember. And that was there for three days. And you guys just yeah. came up for like, that. We're just like we're just gonna stay for one night and I just did. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Anime Expo is like my crux in life. It's uh, the thing that that drives me every day. Like it, it really, really made me like accept like nerdism, like to be open about it. Because I used to like be like kind of. You know, like, you know, being a nerd back then wasn't cool. Yeah, now it's now it's like okay to be a nerd, but back yeah. back then you still had to deal with, like, oh, don't fuck with him. He's like he's kind of a nerdy kid. But now, yeah, so yeah. Then after that, I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just gonna be a nerd. There's like tens and thousands of people who are like have the just same interests. Yeah, they the just same fucking interest. embrace it, dude. Yeah, and it was like I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna embrace it. And then that that propelled me to like pursuing art more and like writing and like. Even now, it's still like the biggest influence on my life. So that's why I think Anime Expo 
being a real nerd or being my like true self to my nerdiness is like it it's how to say um like re- not to say released but it, like a relief yeah there you go Maybe that's what the word i was like looking for yeah like you feel like a leave like that moment where you're just kind of like i just i'm just myself man yeah like i am in my element i'm in my zone <laughs> can't i'm like kanye man can't get me out of my zone speaking of my number one is kanye west my beautiful dark twisted <laughs> fantasy fucking the best kanye west album oh i've been God. fucking saying this on this podcast ever since the beginning it's the best fucking album he's ever created uh, that's the hill I will die on. <laughs> Kanye West has fucked up everything since, but that's the moment where I'm like, he didn't think was right on this album. This is a fucking like his best project, um, just because the like if you like there was after I listened to the Vox podcast, um, I forgot what it's called. Switched on pop. No, the one where he, they talk about an album. It's called Dissected. Okay. Oh, it's not, was is there it Vox or is that a Spotify, Spotify one? I, it might be Spotify. It's this, Okay, so it's a podcast that takes a listen to an album and they do a lot of like uh, cultural theory and critique uh, for every song. And they, it's like the meta narrative of the album and then they critique every song. And then what was interesting like i've always felt some type of way about my, my beautiful my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just yeah, because yeah you fucking love that album like I mean, the hype talked about like, this yeah, album like, so uh, many times on this podcast exactly yeah. everyone knows the hype because of good fridays right up until the release and then you hear it like shit this is like this is amazing um it's like you 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 think about the career trajectory of kanye west up until that moment like he had the taylor swift shit right and that was like the backlash of it and that's why like i was thinking about it from listening to that dissected podcast i was like oh yeah that's right like he was going through some shit because like everyone hated him like everyone was fucking mad his best friends were mad at him kim kardashian was pissed because like he's fucking up the money again and jay-z was mad at him yeah it was just like a weird cultural moment and kanye west just happened to be the scapegoat so I was like, oh yeah. So like he had to do like a lot of like internal kind of like uh rearranging and getting his shit together. So it's like he channeled that through this album and, and I felt that and I f- felt that then. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that was that was the moment that kind of like that as an artist and as for me as a creative, it's like to think about like if there was like a pivotal moment in your career and that was like it wasn't that wasn't your debut like that that for him as me my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was like that's that's the moment moment of your artist you're like looking for that's not just your debut like how do you keep it up how do you stay on top and it's like for a creative i get that i'm like yeah how what's gonna be my moment like it's not yeah that's four albums in yeah yeah (laughs) it's like is i don't want my best days to be behind me like that's how i approach it like i don't want i don't want my best days behind me like I have like I want my career trajectory. I want me as a creative to be always like moving forward and shit like that. And that's why I feel like about Kanye West. I was like, fuck. Damn, you are super connected to that album. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, dude, it's that's why everyone who fights like it's like, no, you don't like college dropout. I'm like, no, I love college dropout. It's a great album, yeah. But you feel like an emotional connection too. <laughs> there's there is there is a moment I feel about that and then just like I guess just the meta like 
narrative of like where Kanye West is now and just like he started started like going off the deep end or like he just wasn't he's in a different mindset even the the time he is at now from you know uh my beautiful dark twist and fantasy is like nine years right right and it's like that it's just he's grown he's not grown it's just like the way that he's been um going about his life it's so different from in this decade than the last decade when he first you know was just be a producer uh for Rockefeller to my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that that shit was like wild exponential okay <laughs> that's yeah that's true yeah holy shit you fucking love that album it's I great. do I, I'll, I'll stand that album I, I I wanted to be this podcast about that album I'm just kidding yeah, I was like, like I need to put this like, up this is this is the only thing is like your top 10 would be every single song on that album <laughs> no cause it's like everyone still fucking raps uh Monster, like <laughs> I that's just mon- not, that's just nine years old. That's the that's the song that broke Nicki Minaj's career, dude. That song is fucking her verse on that was nuts. She has she has like an equally good verse on almost equally good verse on Chance's latest album. That was the last time I said like, yo, Nicki Minaj is crazy. That was the last time I said Nicki Minaj is crazy. <laughs> Monster and then Chance the Rapper's album. Like that that was like yeah, good moment. But I mean, I guess to to sum it up and just to be more future looking, it's like I'm I'm interested to see where where culture from like our perspective, from difficult to please this perspective of uh, nerdism, uh, music, movies, uh, video games, and all everything in between. How does like what does that look like in ten years? Because you know, like every every time it's like twenty to thirty. How, like we've been saying on the early podcast and uh, and all that is like what's like that's the really big change right right and then it's like so weird from yeah. here to the you know from here from 2019 to 2029 like that's that's gonna be what's gonna happen it's gonna be crazy because if you think about it remember rd was 10 years ago yeah I, yeah. you, you brought this up yeah. off air but yeah we, our, we were like 10 in San Francisco ago. 10 years ago we were fucking like you know 20 we were fucking college kids doing something yeah. and now it's like and now Virgil's saying street fashion's gonna die and kidding. it's like yeah like dunks are back I'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying I still got dunks like yeah it's it's especially with fashion I think we, we can do a, a different oh, podcast episode, about yeah. uh, that but it's like the way that things come in cycles and it's like, well, what's this next like te- 10 years going to look like for us yeah. as, as, as 30 somethings for sure. Now, like we're <laughs> yeah, cause right this until is, we come to 40. This is supposed to be like our mental, um, what do you call that? Our mental peak, like our mental mindset peak, like thirties to forties is supposed to be it. Like now we know, like, this is what we should be doing kind of thing like we have that mentality because like I feel like in your 20s to 30s you're still trying to figure shit out you're like you're just like you're just 18 with freedom now that's and then like we learn through it and make hella mistakes in our 20s and just go through it and now like approaching it like I'm super excited about my 30s going to the 40s like I don't fear it I just the only thing I'm fear is like I fear regret kind of thing like that's why I don't want to like I don't want that fear. I don't want to regret anything. That's why I'm willing to push for the next 10 years, like something more meaningful. 
See? Look at us. <laughs> We're adults now. <laughs> it's like that Paul Rudd theme, or Paul Rudd meme from uh, Hot Ones. Look at us. <laughs> That's really blowing up. I thought the interview was so sick. I'm just going to drop that in right here. Yeah. <laughs> look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Paul Rudd's sick. Well, yeah. All right, man. This is, uh... this is the last episode of 2019. Yeah, we'll start doing our regular episodes again. Regular remote podcasts. Every Portland, podcast. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, this is to 2020. This is to the next decade, man. Get it. Let's get this bread. Let's get this bread, yeah. Let's get these dreams. This Gary V this shit. Uh, Gary, yeah. Vod- <laughs> Gary V challenge. Let's go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, happy holidays. Hopefully, we can get this posted like fairly quick too. Yeah, I'm trying to get not, it. If not, happy 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Late. Peace. <laughs>I am I would be considered a lovable slacker. I'm humble and smart, but I'm not hungry. And like, those are people who aren't looking for undeserved attention and they're adept at working and they still care about the colleagues, but they're just not motivated. Like they have limited passions and stuff like that. And it's, it's a pretty big revealing thing. So check it out. I think it's a good read. And again, the link is audibletrial.com slash difficult to please. And to start your free trial, cancel any time. All right, peace.